Good evening. Our reading this evening is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. And it can be found on page 1052 of the Church Bibles in front of you. That's Luke, chapter 18, beginning at verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, as we keep that passage open, let's, let's start in prayer. Father God, after seeing the video that we saw earlier, what a privilege it is to be able to open your word and read it freely. To be able to meet tonight in a, uh, a busy church with the lights on, without fear. Father, we pray for those all over the world who uh, meet uh, in fear and yet trusting in you. And Father, we trust in you tonight to speak to us through your word, by your spirit and in the name of your son. Amen. Well, yes, I do keep that um, passage open, uh, page uh, uh, 1052. Um, If you've got it in front of you, that's a great thing. And uh, last week, uh, as I said, uh, Phil uh, opened up the start of Luke 18 for us. And I can say us because that's the beauty of having streamed services. I could join in with uh, you all uh, from home to be, to be fed and to be taught. And also, of course, to make sure that what I was planning to preach uh, was in line with what had already been preached from Luke 18. Because that's, that's the fear, isn't it? Um, with visiting speakers that I stand up and say, well, I expect last week you heard uh, that the parable of the persistent widow is all a, a metaphor for uh, always chasing your dreams and never giving up. But no, we heard this, this model of prayer, this wonderful model of prayer uh, by the persistence of the, the widow illustrated in that parable towards the, the unjust judge, the terrible judge. And, and then the application, how much more? Then will our God, our loving, gracious, merciful judge, listen to and respond to and answer the prayers of his people. And uh, tonight uh, we get another parable. 
Another parable that Jesus told, and, and it follows straight on from, uh, from that one. Uh, Luke says at the start of the gospel, he's, he's writing a, a carefully study, studied orderly account so that we can know the truth, the truth of the gospel. And so we're meant to hear these parables together. And, and having been assured that God hears us and listens to us, we're now, uh, we're, we're sort of given two examples of praying. And, and this week, Jesus throws us a bit of a curve ball because uh, we will see as we unpack it that he tells us uh, there's a seemingly holy man, a religious leader, a Pharisee. That's what Pharisee means, holy, set apart, holy man who goes to a holy place, the temple, to do a holy thing, to pray. And yet it all ends up being very unholy. Imagine the scene as Jesus starts telling this parable. The crowd would have been uh, gathered around Jesus, his disciples and, and others who uh, were gathering there, and they'd have their, uh, I don't know, Costa coffees or whatever they uh, had to keep them going. Jesus preached long sermons, and uh, he would have started. Uh, verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, and they'd be, they'd be kind of sipping their coffee and looking at each other. One, a Pharisee, makes sense, yeah. The other, a tax collector, and the coffee would come spitting out everywhere. There'd be coffee everywhere at the thought of a tax collector even setting foot in the temple. Ridiculous, outrageous. They wouldn't have had the nerve to turn up at the temple. They'd be chased out the place. The Jews hated them. They were traitors to their own kind because they worked for the Romans and basically uh, robbed uh, their their people to give to the Romans and, and themselves, of course. That was the reputation. They'd have thought Jesus was telling a joke. Did you hear the one about the Pharisee and the tax collector? Uh, And the thing is, we know this parable. Many will know it. Well, if we didn't know it before tonight, then we've heard it read. But we've got to be careful, haven't we? Don't be overconfident. Don't think we've got it sorted because that's exactly Jesus' point, isn't it? Have a look with me at verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness, Jesus says. Sorry, Luke writes. You thought they'd got it sorted and, and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. And then it's place your bets time, isn't it? The crowd gathers. Jesus begins. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The Pharisee and the tax collector. Who's going to win? Who's going to come out on top? Well, we've got the full script. We know what, ha- we know what happens. But uh, I promise you the bets going round at the time in the crowd when they first heard this, would have been firmly on the Pharisee. Every single one of them, no question. Pharisees could do no wrong. To, to feel the weight of this parable, we almost need to sort of forget for a moment what we understand by a Pharisee now. Self-righteous, hypocritical, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, they, they were good. Their behavior was impeccable. If you wanted a model of a a good person back then, you'd look to the Pharisees. They didn't dodge their taxes. They didn't speed. They never threw a sickie. They gave money. They prayed. They studied. They spent time in the temple. Like I said, we we need to get out of our head a a little bit uh, what we think of Pharisees uh, now. The, The people then would have thought they were the cream of the crop. So be a bit confused by this. Because by the end of the parable, the holy man in the holy place doing the holy thing doesn't turn out holy at all. So let's see where it starts to go wrong. We see the Pharisee, verse 11, have a look uh, down in your Bibles. The Pharisee stood up 
we're told. But there's a hint of an attitude already because uh, in the phrase stood up, um, the the, the Greek can be translated as, as took up his stance. He took up his position. You know, we, we might hear that we're going to stand together to pray and, and we stand up. But the Pharisee would be, would be kind of getting ready in a stance, the prayer stance, uh, to, to kind of think about the most Instagrammable way to stand so that people would uh, see how wonderfully holy he was. The Pharisee stood up, took up his pose, verse 11, and prayed about himself. This is what he prays. God, I, 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 I. That's his prayer, isn't it? God, I, 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 I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector here. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. It sounds odd, doesn't it, to pray, God, I, 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 but he's right. Actually, he's right. This list is quite impressive, isn't it? He goes the extra mile. Jewish law required that you fast once a year on the Day of Atonement and recommended fasting once a week to devote yourself to God. Well, our friend here does it twice a week. Jewish law said that you could give a, you should give a a tenth of what you grow on your land. Well, this guy gives a tenth of everything he gets, whether it's from his farm or not. A tenth of everything. It's impressive. But the thing is, of course, he makes it into a competition. This is his downfall, isn't it? Just like we said at the start, place your bets, Pharisee in the red corner, everyone else, if you like, in the blue. And he, he uh, makes it into a competition. The problem with a competition is that someone has to lose. So he starts knocking the competition down one by one. Uh, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and especially not like this tax collector. What's he even doing in the temple? And he starts to show his true colors, doesn't he? He starts to look down on everyone else. Remember, that's Jesus's target from verse nine. Those who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. That's who he's got in his sights. And that's exactly what this uh, Pharisee starts doing. He says, look at all these sinners. Look at the world today. There are people robbing people, people doing evil things, people cheating left, right and center. Why do people in the world do such awful things? Have you ever thought like that? We all have, haven't we? You see, it's absolutely right to, to, to see evil in our world and, and to not be uh, uh, for it, of course. It's right to point out evil and injustice in our world. Of course it is. But that's not quite what he's doing here, is he? He's, he's knocking down the competition to build himself up. He's sure of his own righteousness. We see, uh, I think we see this all the time. You see it on social media all the time, uh, in comments or on comments in news articles, or, or you hear it in conversations. Maybe you hear yourself say it. Maybe you hear yourself think it sometimes. Comments underneath articles. What do they say? This is disgusting. This is terrible. How can people act like this? How can someone do such a thing? I could never treat someone like that. And it all ends in this resounding cry that if we're honest, I think every one of us uh, has or, or, or does echo a, a, some way either out loud or, or in our own minds. Thank you, God, that I'm not like them. 
Thank you, God, that I'm not like those other people. I've been studying this uh, parable for a few weeks uh, for tonight, and I've noticed something. I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Pharisee on the roads. Uh, I've been in uh, a car with the, the family off to, to walk the dog on the downs and uh, someone cuts me off on a roundabout or is driving far too slow in the, in the uh, right-hand lane. You can hear it coming out already as I'm describing it. And I say, uh, interesting driving there. I might mutter it. I'm glad I'm not as careless as, as them. Thank you, God, I'm not like other drivers. I'm the king of the, the road Pharisees and, and I need God to correct that in my heart. And of course... Of course, I've done what all preachers do, and I've chosen the example that I think you'll find palatable as well. But actually, that comes out in my life in all sorts of ways, and in the way I think. I wonder if you've ever had that thought process, or even said something, complained about someone, uh, which, if you made yourself keep talking, or made yourself keep thinking uh, along that line in your uh, head along that train of thought, it would lead you to that phrase, I thank you, God, that I'm not like them. The Pharisee in the parable looks down on the people he lists, doesn't he? He feels contempt for them. That's another way that it can be translated. I think we've all done it. I think we all do it. I think uh, we've got something in us that wants to compare ourselves to other people and make sure that we come out on top morally superior. And it affects and it infects how we treat people and how we think about people. And it leads to contempt, this parable is teaching us. We need to ask God to point it out in us. We need to to let uh, the Holy Spirit point out to us who who it is that we look down on. Maybe there's someone you know, maybe an individual, maybe a a group, a type of person, a, a political standpoint, people who think differently to us. Of course, there's a distinction. We should point out evil in our world. We should... Speak out against sin and injustice, absolutely right. But so often we, we actually resort to quietly in our minds judging and looking down on people with that mask contempt, don't we? I thank you, God, that I'm not like them. Even if we're the only ones who know about it. Whatever, uh, whoever It is our prayer needs to be for the Holy Spirit to change our contempt to compassion. He can do it from the, from the inside out. He can change your heart. I wonder uh, where and to whom God will lead our churches, the churches of Brighton and Hove, if we ask Him to turn our contempt to compassion as individuals, as, as churches. Certainly would have been a different story if the Pharisee had got that, wouldn't it? If he'd understood the, the gospel that we can't impress God with our achievements uh, by winning comparisons with other people. If he'd uh, begun to grasp that uh, in our sin we can never stand, never rank, never qualify. If he'd seen that our status before God doesn't come from uh, how we have lived, but how we are loved by him. Because God doesn't have contempt 
but compassion for us. And sent Jesus to die so that it wasn't a a comparison that we needed to meet, but an exchange, a wonderful, glorious swap. His righteousness credited to our account and our sin paid for. That's the, the glorious swap of the gospel, isn't it? And in the parable, who got that? The learned studier of scripture, the deeply devoted Pharisee. No, the tax collector. The worst offender, the the traitor. That's how he would have been seen. That's how he saw himself. We we, uh, uh, even see as he he walks into the temple um, that it would have been a scandalous thing. The kind of person who wouldn't dream of turning up on a Sunday evening at BH. But seriously, for the, the tax collector to turn up at the temple would have taken guts. And more likely a, a complete terrible realization that there's nowhere, nowhere else to turn. Something that we need to pray, isn't it? As churches. That people feeling like that do turn up. Do feel able to come into our churches. That through that welcome uh, that the churches give, that the welcome that we had tonight on the door, that, uh, that through what they hear and experience in the services, they meet with Jesus. Maybe you felt uh, like that somewhere before, like you didn't stack up, like you didn't fit in. Like if people knew what you were really like, you'd be thrown out the building. I don't know, maybe you feel like that here today. If so, then, then it's wonderful that you're here. You're in the right place and you belong. But that's what happens in the parable, isn't it? The tax collector comes into the temple to pray too, but he stays in the shadows at the back. He couldn't take up his pose like the the Pharisee. He hid at the back. Jesus is so visual here as he tells this parable, isn't it? The, the, The Pharisee takes his stance at the front and the tax collector is cowering in the shadows. Verse 13 says he couldn't even look up to heaven but beat his breast. It's the action of a man in anguish. A man who who knows he's got nothing to offer, nothing to boast about, nothing to be proud of. Their prayers actually start in exactly the same way at first. Did you notice that? God. But that's where the similarity ends. The tax collector doesn't pray, God, I, 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 but God, have mercy. He only mentions himself to say how sinful he is. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then comes the shocking, confusing, astounding end to this parable. It certainly would have been then anyway. The voting's done. The results are in verse 14. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. One of the most beautiful words in the Bible, justified. He didn't just go away forgiven, the slate wiped clean, a blank page, now go and fill it up with with good deeds. No, he went away justified. 
What does justified uh, mean? Uh, not just as if I'd never sinned, but just as if I'd always obeyed, as my doctrine of God tutor at Bible college used to say, just as if I'd always obeyed, just as if I'd always kept every uh, commandment of God, just as if I'd obeyed as Jesus did. To be justified means that when we realize our sin, when we call out to God, when we ask for his mercy, he declares us righteous. Not neutral, but positive. Not a blank sheet, but pages and pages full of Jesus's righteousness. Just as if I'd always obeyed as Jesus did. And then comes the memory verse of this passage, isn't it? Verse 14. For everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We get that great visual movement again, perfect for teaching kids a memory verse. Stand up on the word exalt, sit down on the word humble. We're not going to do that now. But uh, the Pharisee needed to pray, not God, I, 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 but God, change my contempt to compassion. And when we see ourselves falling into being the Pharisee, we need to ask the same, don't we? Humble me, save me, show me where my self-assurance is is actually infecting how I see people. Change my heart from contempt to compassion. And when we feel like the second man, the tax collector, when we feel contemptible, when we feel shame, when we feel worthless and steeped in sin, we need to hear Jesus' words. True for any who would turn to him. His words that show that though Christ, uh, that through Christ, sorry, God, uh, doesn't have contempt for us, but unbounded compassion. Those words, he went home justified before God. We have a God who doesn't view us with contempt, but compassion. So let's turn that into prayer this evening. Almighty God, we praise you that you are a God of compassion. That you see us with compassion and not contempt. By your spirit, change our hearts from contempt to compassion. Give us mercy that comes from you. By your Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.